<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Always under assault, always ultimately prevailing, and we're in a test. Never in peacetime have the threats been more dangerous to this republic of ours than right now. As I speak with you, the Marxist Dems are still counting votes out there in Nevada and Arizona, and Republicans in both states are wringing their hands and gnashing their teeth while ever so pleasantly urging, even begging, really, for the vote tabulation to be sped up. But why do they think the vote count is being slow-rolled to begin with? Once again, it looks as though, at least to me, like the Republican Party is being played for the political chumps that they customarily play. It took days of delays after the election in good old Maricopa County for Senator Mark Kelly to, well, at least appear to prevail against his Republican challenger, Blake Masters. It was never a likely proposition for Masters, but it now looks assured that Kelly has won re-election. But what about GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake? Up in all of the polls going into Election Day, now after days of delays, inexplicable and brazen delays, all presided over, by the way, by Lake's opponent, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who quite smartly, but not so ethically, never gave up her office and authority over the election that she was running in, just because it was a monumental conflict of interest. But that's the Arizona way, apparently. And here we are on a beautiful Saturday in America with a governorship in Arizona uncertain and the final tally just as uncertain in Nevada, where former Attorney General Republican Adam Laxalt, at last report, was up by a whole percent, a margin that dwindles, it seems, with each vote drop and each passing day. He's also caught up in a slow roll count of voting. And again, no explanation from the election so-called authorities and huge questions and suspicions that multiply by the day. So at this point, it appears likely the Republicans will take control of the House of Representatives by a considerably smaller margin than was expected. No red wave this time. The Republicans have now 211 seats. They need 218. Only seven more needed for the Republicans to take control of Congress. And the Democrats, they need 22 more seats to add to their 196 held so far. Why, oh why, do we permit such sloppy, third-world, inexplicable conduct of our elections? You and I, we know the reason, and so do both political parties. It is outright corruption. And it's not only tolerated, it seems to be an essential part of our electoral system, coast to coast, and the D.C. swamp loves it. Our guest works every day to reveal truths that the corrupt in our government bury and hide. Tom Fitton is our guest, president of Judicial Watch, and they do a great job for all of us. Welcome, Tom. And while the midterm elections were raging, Senators Johnson and Grassley were moving ahead 
with their investigation of Hunter Biden. Does everybody remember Hunter Biden and the implications for President Biden? Is this investigation this time for real or is it more pretend? Well, I think um, Johnson and Grassley do mean business. I mean, they've shown that they're the only Republicans in the Senate. Um, and I, you know, I don't obviously others support what they're doing, uh, but they have taken leadership on this. And, and I do trust they'll try to get to the bottom of it. The challenge they have is they have zero support uh, from the leadership. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell has zero interest in scandal politics. And I don't use, you know, I don't use scandal politics as a way to denigrate the effort. Uh, but, you know, they think it's a loser, so they don't want to ever do it. And plus, uh, you know, you have this mutually assured destruction pact between Republicans and Democrats on corruption anyway. Uh, so, uh, that is a positive development. And, you know, we've gotten more out of Johnson and uh, Grassley on corruption uh, related to Hunter and Joe Biden than out of the Justice Department, that's for sure. No, no question about that. And, uh, f and over four years now of investigation uh, by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, I've never seen a more careful investigation, have you? I mean, I... I really think they need to fire some people. If it takes four years to investigate a, an issue like tax evasion, which they that narrowly was the issue, uh, these people at the Department of Justice are no longer just corrupt and crooked. Uh, they are immensely slow-witted. Uh, I, I don't understand how anything ever happens, and perhaps nothing is happening in this country in the prosecution of crime. I, I really... I, I just I am stunned that the national media, the Republican Party, the American people sit there and say, oh, yes, it's that slow as molasses Department of Justice where truth goes to die. Don't bother them. Don't wake them because all they do is evil when they're when they're engaged. Your thoughts? Well, if the slowness is the result of bureaucratic incompetence, that's one thing. And always you can't eliminate that when you're talking about the government. Uh, but we have evidence the slowness is because of obstruction of justice. You had information coming out of whistleblowers that talked to both Grassley and Johnson uh, that they buried the Hunter uh, laptop just before the election. They've had the laptop since at least 2019. They've been investigating uh, Hunter for four years, as, you, as you've suggested. Uh, so the fact that nothing's been done to date uh, it suggests that it's a political process now uh, that's they're obstructing the fair administration of justice. Anyone else would have been prosecuted, you know, and, uh, you know, unlike, you know, some of our friends on the left, I don't believe Hunter or Joe or his brother should be prosecuted because they're powerful. Um, simply because they're powerful and should be punished. That's the way the left treats Trump. I think there's these this, this strong evidence of crimes. You know, I'm no fan of Kamala Harris. You know, I'm not aware that she's done anything personally corrupt. So I no. don't talk about corruption in Kamala Harris. I'm well, not a I, fan I, of a lot of Democrats and a lot of liberals. But if there's no corruption issue, then it's just politics, right? We can argue with, with them. Well, with I can. Joe I, and I, company, we've got these significant corruption issues that are being covered up by the Justice Department and the FBI. Well, you know, I have to, you know, say this just to have a little fun. Uh, <laughs> if, if the president of the United States 
is as corrupt as Biden is uh, has been demonstrated to be, along with his son, his brother. I mean, this is this is a matter of evidence. It is straightforward. It's in front of everyone, including the prosecutors and the Department of Justice. If he's this corrupt and this brazen about it, what would be what would keep uh, Kamala Harris from being crooked or Nancy Pelosi? I, I mean, it's a it's a rancid political corruption that exists in the swamp. Why not make it nice and financial, uh, build up the comfort zones for all of these people? It is well, yeah. it's, it's, it is disgusting what we're watching here. Yeah, I mean, even as I said, well, I don't know anything about Kamala. I'm like, well, maybe I maybe there's something I should know about. But, you know. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I mean, who we know this about, you know, whether it's a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Milley, uh, whether it is uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, in transportation. Uh, what I mean, we have people in all sorts of places in this administration who have no clue what they're doing. They don't even know what they're talking about, and they don't even try to pretend they know what they're talking about, let alone actually do something constructive. Yeah, you know, that's that's the that's the failure of big government in, in dramatic ways. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about the Biden corruption, uh, you know, my view is it has serious national security ramifications. Uh, Biden and his family have been compromised by Russia and China money. There's no doubt about it. They may, uh, best I can tell, Biden, Joe, uh, or at least Hunter, still has business connections with China. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and given the 10 percent big, you know, for the big guy business approach they have, you know, the president's implicated as well. You know, I jokingly say that Joe Biden is the most corrupt president since he was vice president. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and, and funny. Now, that's now that's a good one. I love that one. Uh, the Judiciary Committee sending over all of that stuff to to the Justice Department. Yeah. Uh, and the the Senate Judiciary Committee should be taken rather seriously, but it's going to, it, they're just swatting it away, uh, even though they're saying that they've got bank records related to the President of the United States, his family, with connections to, <laughs> to the CCP, for crying out loud, the PLA and the Chinese intelligence uh, agencies. This would be a this should be a front page story right now on every newspaper in the country. And instead, it's, you know, how much are the Democrats ahead in the state of New York? Uh, that's the big story for them. And by the way, that's becoming less of a story because they are now behind in New York in terms of the governor's race, certainly. Uh, I, I mean, what's going on? Any other president, if this if this evidence was in front of the American people, there would be an outrage. There's just ho-hum. It's ho-hum. It's a Biden. It's a radical Marxist dim in the White House with all of his friends. There's, it's like the entire country has been desensitized to right and wrong, good and evil, proper and outrageous. What, what's, your, what's your thinking on that? I, I think the media is compromised and they're part of the corruption in the sense, uh, you know, Joe Biden's been in Washington for 50 years. He didn't just, you know, start doing bad things in 2018, two years after he left the presidency or the vice presidency. Were, uh, and, um, 
you know, so his reputation is well known in the press corps. And they've protected him. And not only that, they've actively gone after people who've tried to hold him accountable. I mean, we're supposed to throw into the memory hole that they tried to remove Trump from office for blowing the whistle on Biden corruption in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, it, it, and also you're supposed to forget that there were, after all, uh, a couple of years of investigation by the FBI pertaining to the special counsel investigation, a year of investigation before that, that they framed his uh, his presumptive uh, national security advisor, that yep, is, yep. General Michael Flynn. They did so, and it began in July of, of 2016. He hadn't even been elected. Uh, they thought they could shut down his candidacy in the final months of that election. Then they went to from the from there to the special counsel, then two impeachments, and the list keeps, I mean, the hits keep coming. And the fact this president is standing, is a, it's a monument to the fact that he is a the toughest, strongest leader we've had in this country in memory. And and and, and now <laughs> the the Trump's derangement syndrome is exponentially larger and more intense amongst Democrats in this country. It, it doesn't end here. Uh, and it's not going to end well for the Democratic Party because now they have uh, amassed such a, a, a trail of both evidence and transgressions that it's it's just revulsive, uh, that it's disgusting what they have done. And they're going to have to live with this in history. Well, and the question is, is there going to be accountability? And, and you know, the concern is that, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI you know, we they should do their job, but we can't rely on them to do their job. They can't be trusted to do their job. And uh, it doesn't mean well, we don't press. Let me interrupt just for a second. Let me just interrupt for a second, Tom. Who in Washington, D.C. can we trust? Is it the courts, Congress, the Senate? Uh, is, is it the presidency? Uh, or is it the military, uh, intelligence agencies? Exactly who can we trust? Uh, the Fourth Estate, the August Washington Post. Uh, what are we talking about? Trust. There, I, I, I have to tell you, I trust not a single one of those institutions, and, and, I, and I pity those who do. Well, and I don't disagree with you. And, and to the degree we trust anyone in Washington, they need to have a demonstrated record of success and focus on these issues we care about. And to the degree anything's gonna get done in Washington, it's because there's gonna be a small group, relatively speaking, of men and women in these institutions who are willing to do the right thing, who should be encouraged. And you know, would see that in the Senate, you're gonna have a Senator here and there do something right that will make remarkable progress. Uh, think back to Devin Nunes. You know, who knew that Devin Nunes almost single-handedly would solve Russiagate, uh, and that he was just one man. Uh, so you, the, I'm both hopeful and despairing in some respects because it doesn't take a lot to get a lot done in here in Washington, uh, but still, a lot still doesn't get done in Washington, nevertheless, which is just troubling. Yeah, yeah. But, one honest, one honest person uh, can do a great deal, but that one honest person, uh, Devin Nunes, is a great example. He knew exactly what was happening with the Russian hoax, uh, with Crossfire Hurricane. 
He knew the role of the intelligence agencies, and he knew it in 2017. Uh, the, and what happened? The CIA, he produces a memorandum, and the, the CIA fills, uh, fills all of the space around it uh, with uh, landmines, uh, all sorts of uh, defenses, legal uh, and uh, institutional, and puts it away in their little vault in the middle of a lobby and says, you know, you can't have your own memo back, and you will not share it with anyone or you'll be prosecuted. I mean, it's, that, that's outrageous. We know that this entire government is corrupt, Tom. Why doesn't anybody want to just say it out loud? They're corrupt to the core of these institutions. No, we're, we have a rule of law crisis, and the left is in a revolutionary mode right now, attacking the institutions that we rely on to protect our republic and to, uh, you know, uh, you know, basically are the form, the core of our constitutional republic. You know, and I've been thinking about what should be done next year. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud a little bit with you here, Lou. Sure. Is that if I were if I were running the House. You know, I do the basic oversight. I'm not suggesting they don't do that. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the basic oversight's been done. It's been done by Judicial Watch. It's been done by, you know, Nunes. It's been done by others. Durham, I'm sure, after his uh, failures, will have some report that will highlight what needs to be done. We know a lot of what's been, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop is out there. There's plenty of witnesses that will come and testify already. So if I'm the Republicans or if I'm running the House, um, I, I would be doing a comprehensive impeachment of Biden, of Meyer Orcus, of Garland, anyone else who's been involved in this misconduct. You know, for instance, those officials who were authorizing the spending of a half a trillion dollars without congressional authorization. And when you're, you know, just take the impeachment approach and there should be just a comprehensive investigation there, not with the goal of, quote, getting information, no, with the goal of holding those responsible for government misconduct and abuse of office accountable. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen in the Senate, but I could think of worse things for the House to do than to give voice to the American people who don't, who are tired of folks getting away with it. And the Justice Department, you know, if, if they're obstructing justice, impeach, impeach the responsible officials there. I, you know, what else is there to do other than to take those steps? See, now I think we're thinking out loud and, and in the right direction. What else can we do? Because each of the, everything that you've described, the other parties tried. Uh, and they've tried to do it against the, the innocent, i.e., particularly right. Donald Trump. And what we end up with are these public spectacles made for television, uh, episodic, uh, uh, you know, uh, political theatrics that uh, may amuse and even divert attention as someone wishes. But the reality is we know what is in front of us and we can't do anything until we have prosecutors uh, who can respond to the evidence before them and do so in a timely and energetic manner. You mentioned the bureaucracy. I don't give a damn about the bureaucracy anymore. Either the Republican party comes up uh, with a, uh, a, a solution to uh, to sclerotic bureaucracy and corrupt decision makers throughout the deep state, 
or they're useless. But we've got to have results. We've got to show the American people that their government still works. And we know at the end of those trails, the odds are decidedly against them to actually change this government that is so rife with corruption. What do you think? No, I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't disagree with the the challenges ahead. You know, the question is, uh, is and this is kind of why I was raising the issue of the impeachment? Is no. are we doing what we can do? You know, Judicial Watch does what we can do, and and Lord help us if we weren't doing it. So, are they doing? Are they using all the tools available to them under the Constitution to hold these folks accountable? And if they're not, we should demand more. So, of whom, you know, of, we, whom, you know, of whom do we demand more? We can't get we can't even get here. Here is a party, a Republican Party that for the past seven years has been run over by a, a, a freight train uh, that is driven by engineered by the radical Dems. They've outsmarted the Republicans electorally, the uh, bureaucratically, legally, uh, administratively. There isn't anything they haven't done. That isn't uh, that they haven't made the Republicans look like uh, fatuous, uh, indolent fools. Uh, where are we going to get suddenly uh, this energy and this uh, right. uh, directed? Well, well, look, I, you know, if I effort. thought Congress is always going to do the right thing or even half the time do the right thing or 10 percent of the time do the right thing, I'd shut Judicial Watch down. I mean, we have Judicial Watch because <laughs> there's this yawning accountability gap here in Washington, D.C., and. You know, and even if we do have the government, you always need the civic account, you know, the civic society. society. Don't worry. Don't worry about judicial watch, Tom. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You're always going to have a role. But but, but if we if we can't expect more of this government, what in hell are we doing in this country? And what are we doing politically? What irrespective of your party or ideology, uh, your partisanship, uh, yours, I mean, everyone's right. Uh, What? If if it's suddenly we've hit the 21st century and we're so sophisticated, so uh, assured and worldly that we just accept this bullshit BS, you know, we've got to expect more of ourselves, of the of this government and demand it. Uh, And by the way, you and I both know, let's just talk straight. Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell are going to preside over this great uh, washing of the uh, the federal uh, the garments stained beyond belief. Uh, it's just, it's just to me, it's sickening to think that we're walking into another barrage, another uh, Potemkin village in which a political theatrics are at the center. It's just, it's, it's all make believe. We've got to get to reality. And I think that's an important uh, fact to keep in mind as. Now, presumably the House is going to go to the Republicans. You know, I, I, I guess it's a possible it won't, but it, it's likely to happen. And so when they start doing things, we should be, you know, have clear eyes about what's going on. Are they just doing enough to keep uh, what they consider to be the base happy? Or are they doing something substantial? And uh, you're right. Uh, the House leadership, uh, generally speaking, isn't going to want to do this work in a substantial way. Uh, you know, the Senate, uh, uh, frankly, <laughs> you know, uh, we would we would have to have a radical change in the caucus of the Senate Republican uh, oh. side, certainly for anything to happen. 
Uh, so sure. these are challenges. So we got to find those who are doing good things and raise them up. And and not only that, but while raising them up, say, this is our expectation. So yeah. it's not you can do no wrong. It's we like when you do right and you need to do more of it and hear what it is. Here's what it is. And here's what it is. It's Mitch McConnell, who is uh, compromised beyond belief. Here's a man spending more money on uh, he is donating more money to Democrats opposing Republican candidates for the Senate uh, in at least two instances than than many states are spending entirety, uh, their entirety of campaign spending. This is obscene and no one's talking about it. They have a minority leader in the Senate trying to defeat Republicans. This is idiotic, particularly at a time when they have a the thinnest imaginable margin. How much how much evidence of political corruption does one need than that those statements of fact that I just made? Well, you know, while avoiding as the head of a, a, a nonprofit uh, C3 commenting on campaign activities like that, it does demonstrate a certain amount of cynicism towards the Republican <laughs> base, that's for sure, and to conservatives who they often ask for support from. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, don't you? <laughs> I don't think I have heard a more, more eloquent uh, diversion, uh, uh, aversion than that. <laughs> Uh, I, I and I appreciate it, and I understand your reasons for being careful. But uh, particularly in this day and age, uh, by the way, just breaking now, uh, I'm pleased to tell you that the folks over uh, at the uh, Gateway Pundit, uh, Jim Hoft, have just reported that PayPal has reinstated its policy to fine users $2,500 directly from their accounts if they spread "quote unquote." misinformation now they not only want to be the paragons and arbiters of what is truth but they also want to use you as a revenue source for paypal uh, it, it is your thoughts oh it's even it's even worse than that because i you know i saw that headline and went and looked at the terms of service paypal says if you break their rules they can keep all the money in your account for up to six months well, they must need money badly. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to need customers badly. Uh, no one should put up with this kind of totalitarian. And that's the other thing. We're watching totalitarianism embraced by corporate America and big tech and social media. Uh, we've had that experience. Now we're watching it expand to its next level. Uh, we are watching a, a, a corporate America has become as authoritarian as the Marxist dims themselves. And again, few people are commenting on it, uh, reporting on it, investigating it. And everyone wants to pretend if you just avert your eyes, it's not that significant. We can just move ahead. Uh, the, PayPal has to be called to account for this. This is outrageous. The next thing, you know, Chase Manhattan will be able to call your loans uh, if for some reason you went to the wrong rally, uh, supporting the wrong candidate, what's next? Well, that's right. And, um, you know, you've got the corporations becoming political enforcers, as you say, for the left. 
But it's even worse than that. You know, we're talking about Washington being corrupt, and you know, there's corruption that's you know that's always present. Um, and you know, hopefully, it's addressed. You know, in terms of let's say the Hunter Biden type of corruption, right? But then you have Biden raiding the home of his his adversary, Trump. Yeah. You you have the justice you have the White House encouraging illegal, dangerous protests at the homes of Supreme Court justices. But that's not corruption. That's a dire threat to our Republican form of government. Absolutely. You know, that way lies the end of our republic, that type of behavior. Uh, Justice Alito, the other day, uh, g- giving a speech at the Heritage Foundation, uh, talked about the number of assassination threats against the conservative justices as a result of the leak from the Supreme Court uh, to the media. And and he talked about uh, assassinations, but he didn't talk about the reason for those threats. The left is threatening the Supreme Court of the United States. They are trying to intimidate the, the judiciary in this country and in the conservative justices of the Supreme Court. And I will say this, it, it is a, a horrible moment in which the Washington Post, for crying out loud, doesn't even uh, take that story uh, and, and, and give it the coverage it deserves and the issues, uh, the coverage it deserves. They're nothing more than a partisan, uh, a partisan operation uh, it's sickening to watch what we're permitted to happen. It's as if half the country is on non-depressants and uh, sedatives. I, I don't know what's happened to this country. There is there is no visible beating pulse in the Republican Party right now without Donald Trump uh, leading it every day. Yeah, we're certainly lacking in leadership. I'm a little bit more optimistic about the number of people concerned who share our concerns, Lou. I mean, it's obviously not a majority, but it's a significant number that could, you know, change the direction of the country in a dramatic way. Uh, But the leadership for that group is lacking, that's for sure. Uh, You know, Trump is not in office. He may run for office again. You know, but in the meantime, those who rely on those types of voters, in my view, have an obligation. And, you know, and just generally speaking, as, you know, having taken oaths to protect the Constitution, you know, to, to protect the Supreme Court. To say to to the president of the United States and the Justice Department, unless you start prosecuting people for harassing the Supreme Court justices as as is required by law, there's not a dollar that's going to flow into the Justice Department. You know, there 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 are, you know, we need people to address the crisis and defend the republic using the tools available to them. And that's, you know, this isn't about Hunter Biden. This is about whether or not we're going to have a court or not. This is about whether or not. The president, if you if you speak out against the president, you want to run against the president or you've been as a political opponent, you 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 can go to sleep at night without having to worry about the FBI banging down your door. These are dangerous times for our nation, Lou. Uh, And, um, you know, the number of people who understand that. Is way too small in this city. I could think think of maybe four or five House of House members who understand this and. You know, maybe maybe two or three senators. Well, you look at the 
and I think you're right. Uh, and I, I think you've put it exactly uh, as it should be laid out. Uh, because this is a country now, uh, we are in the, and I would say the throes uh, of uh, lacking comprehension. We're in the throes of so much uh, disinformation, so much blowback, so much noise coming from the left, and so little, so little emanating from the right that it's very difficult people to, for people to understand how serious this conflict is because the ones who you would expect to be in, ap- in opposition to these forces are quite silent in the days here as we advance toward uh, uh, the election. Uh, they're scared to death to mention anything because their neighbors will uh, react. Uh, they may be called domestic terrorists if they say they want to vote for Trump. Uh, it, we are in such a... It's a frightening moment in history. And I think a lot of people are, to that point, frightened. And and the idea that anybody can scare Americans, frighten Americans, makes my blood boil. Well, you know, I, I, again, I can't tell anyone or won't tell anyone, I guess, whether to vote, who to vote for or against. But I will tell your listeners that they should make this issue, these issues we're talking about, a priority in their communications with their elected representatives and what they're telling candidates on the trail. I mean, if this issue is important to you and you're persuaded, you know, then what are you going to do about it, dear listener? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, just have one vote or are you going to make this a priority for you in terms of communicating with every elected official and being as active as you can, you know, under our precious first amendment rights? You know, what What good is the First Amendment if you don't want to exercise it, not only in terms of free speech, but your this is the one of the wonderful aspects of the First Amendment that is never given enough attention. We have this God given right to petition our government. And how few of us use it is just a scandal. And and again, the Marxist left doing everything in their power to make certain that we don't use our freedom of speech. Uh, and that is at the very center of what is happening here. Uh, one of the reasons that there is so little response to the unmitigated, pervasive corruption, political corruption of our government. Uh, Tom Fenton, as you know, we always give our guests the last word, and uh, your concluding thoughts here, if, uh, if we may. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to be positive. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, with a little bit of, with the, different leadership in, in Washington, D.C., and I just don't mean replacing Republicans with Democrats. I, I mean, focusing on the right type of leadership here in Washington, D.C., we can get a lot done, uh, certainly on the political side, uh, in terms of these uh, issues that we're care, we care about. But I'm, I'm pleased to say, in the meantime, Judicial Watch is going to continue to do the heavy lifting, and if Congress won't do it, the media won't do it, you can be sure Judicial Watch will. Thank you, Lou. Tom Fenton, Judicial Watch. Thanks, everybody, for being our guest. Uh, And join us here on Monday when our guest will be Republican pollster John McLaughlin. We'll see you here Monday. Our guest again, John McLaughlin, on what happened in this election that's still undetermined. Till Monday, thanks for being with us, and God bless you. May God bless America.